Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of uh, Ephesians. And as you're turning there, there's a story about a, a farmer, a rural farmer that is uh, taking care of his horse by the name of Buddy. What's the horse's name? Now, he's taking care of Buddy and just kind of watching out for Buddy. And all of a sudden, he sees this man dressed in a suit walking towards him. And he's walking in his field, and he walks across his field, comes up to him and introduces himself to the farmer and tells the farmer, listen, I I was just driving on one of the rural roads here, and I ended up hitting a bump, and I ended up, my car went in a ditch. It's a really small car, so would it be possible for you to take your horse and come to where the car is and pull my car out for me. The farmer was a little hesitant because he didn't want Buddy to have to go through all that work. But finally, the farmer relented. He says, well, go take a look. And he brings Buddy with them. And sure enough, when they get there, the guy has a little car. And it's in a ditch. So he ties a rope to Buddy, ties a rope to the car, and he starts screaming. Pull, Dave. Pull, John. Pull, Will. Pull, Artie. Pull, Buddy. And Buddy starts pulling. And sure enough, Buddy pulls that little car out of the ditch and gets the car back on the road. Farmer's putting the rope away and putting it on the horse and guy from the city's kind of confused. He goes, why did you call all those names out before you called Buddy's name? He says, oh, well, Buddy's blind. And if Buddy thought he was pulling alone, he wouldn't have pulled at all. And so I had to call out different names so Buddy didn't think he was by himself. You see, some of y'all, you you don't, if you're by yourself, there's no effort. We, We need to know sometimes that there's someone with us pulling alongside us in order for us to give our best effort in life. I'm here to tell you that if no one else is around you, that God is always by yourself, still pulled by by your side, pulling you to new levels. You see, Buddy wouldn't operate in his purpose unless he was in the right company. You see, we've been talking about this is us. Everyone say this is us. And we, this is us is love God, adding love people equals change in the world. That when we love God and we learn to love people, we have the ability then to change the world. And we've been speaking on changing the world by being an influencer, by empowering people. And today, we're going to talk about leading to your purpose. How many know there's a purpose that's on your life? How many know that if you have a pulse, you have a purpose? That God created everything with a purpose and a design. That just because you don't know someone's purpose doesn't mean that they don't have a purpose. That God created everything with a purpose. And so today, we're talking about leading people to purpose in Ephesians chapter 2. 
The apostle Paul's writing to the church of Ephesus, and he tells him this, I love this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Someone say good works. See, you were created to do good. That's what God created you for. You show off how good God is when you do what God created you to do. Prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I want to read it in a different version. It says it this way. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Tap your neighbor and tell him, find your purpose. Now, when we say purpose, purpose is, in its most basic definition, is the original intent of a thing. Okay? The original intent of a thing. You know the purpose of something based on what something was created to do. Now, in any Latin family, and I'm not judging your Latin family, I'm just speaking about my Latin family, okay? In a Latin family, we, whenever you need a screwdriver and you can't find one, what do you use? A butter knife. And you cannot find in a, in a, a Latin family a butter knife that is not twisted at the top of it. Every butter knife is twisted at the top in a Latin family because we're too lazy to go to the garage, find a screwdriver. We just take a butter knife. And even though it will work and it might accomplish the job, it's not the original intent of that thing. And as a result, when you are used for the wrong thing, you end up damaged. You might be able to get the job done, but you might end up becoming damaged in the process. So I want you to understand that Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, the most wise man in the world, King Solomon, said this. A person may have many ideas concerning God's plan for his life, but only the design of his purpose will succeed in the end. Another version puts it this way, that there's many plans of a man's heart, but God's purpose is always fulfilled. God's purpose will not be withheld. And so you can plan a lot of things, but it's God's plan or God's design for your life that will always come about. You see, every one of you here this morning has been designed for a purpose. Say it again, Pastor. Every one of you has been designed with the purpose. Right where you're sitting right now, you have a design. There is a purpose, something that drives you, something that gets you up in the morning. It's not about money. It's about purpose. It drives you. It moves you. It shakes you because purpose is the very thing that we have been designed for. CWC, and this is us, we have to be a place that helps empower people to find their purpose. Not just to get rich, to find your purpose. It's about finding your purpose, finding your purpose and discovering your role. Now, how, how do we find purpose? Everyone say purpose. purpose. There's three things I want you to find that you have to, we have to have in order to find our purpose in life. Number one, you're going to find your purpose based on the skills that you have. Every one of us has skills or abilities, things that you could do. You, you could sing. I, can't, I could never sing in a grunge band, but you can. You have the ability to do so. I, I would, it would be ugly, but you, you handle it because you have a certain skill set in order to make that happen. You, you lead an organization financially because you have the skill set and the design in order to make that happen. Every one of us has a skill set, but not only is it a skill, there's also the other thing. What's the need? What do people need? 
We have to identify what individuals need because you might be good at something, but if people don't need it, I'm really good at yodeling, but there's not a market for yodeling right now. You're really not going to accomplish anything. And the third area is a passion because there's, you might be good at something, but you don't like what you're good at. And so we've seen people dedicate their lives to businesses, to life, to things that they might be good at. There might be a need, but they have no passion for it. So they're not very good at it anymore because they're not putting their heart into it. Now, I, was, I love cooking, okay? I just, I just love cooking. In our house, I do most of the cooking. And it's not because my wife can't cook. It's just something that I enjoy doing. It helps bring me down sometimes after dealing with all the issues from all of y'all. And so it just helps me kind of break some things down. But I'm just playing. Uh, I was watching on Food Network. They had this guy on there that, that went to law school, went to Harvard Law. Got his, got his degree, passed the bar, had a great practice in Washington, D.C., and decided, I don't like doing this. I hate law. But he loved baking cakes. Now, if you're his parents who just put him through law school, come on, somebody. Oh, son, do your passion. You go make cakes. Really? Nobody would be down with that. Everybody, what, what is wrong with you? What are, you just went through, you spent all that money. You, went to, you got a great business. You, you know, you're just going through a midlife crisis. You're going to stick in that law firm because I'm proud of saying you're a lawyer. I'm not going to say I'm proud that you're a baker. <laughs> but the guy walks away from his law firm and he starts a bakery. And his cakes are so stinking good that they go national. And he's making more money as a baker than he ever made as a lawyer because he had a passion for it. And so when you put all these things together, it's where those areas converge in the middle where you find overlapping of these three things that you will find your purpose. Now, understand this. It's important to understand this, okay? What you think you're good at might not necessarily be what you're good at. You got that, okay? You ever seen American Idol? Peter, I know you think you can sing, bro. Okay? There's people that they get on American, they're convinced, I got the skill. You might have the passion and there might be a need, but if you don't have the skill... You need someone that loves you enough to tell you the truth. <laughs> Say it again, Pastor. Do you need some people around you to help to, to listen to some folks? Well, you're just trying to kill my dream. No, what we're trying to identify is your need, your ability, and your passion. When you're able to bring those things together, you find out your purpose in life. Now, let me take you somewhere this morning. It's going to be a kind of weird example that I'm going to use, but I'm going to take you somewhere, and we're going to get out in a few, few minutes here. Mark chapter 1, verse 21. The Bible says this, then Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum. What city do they go to? Capernaum. Keep that in mind. And he immediately started teaching in the, on the Sabbath day in the synagogue. Whenever Jesus went into a city, 
first thing he did is he found out where the synagogue was and he went to that place and he began to teach. Why? Because before Jesus did miracles, he wanted to instruct people. Some people want a blessing, they want a miracle, but they don't want to learn beforehand. Jesus gave them information before he brought about a miracle. Because some of y'all, we can take you out of debt right now, but until you learn money management, you're going to end up right back in debt. You can win the lottery today, but because you have no fiscal sense, you're going to end up broke again. And so God wants to get, get a, a, information. He wants us to learn. He wants to teach us first in order. Some of you want to get married, but you don't know how to treat a wife. You don't know how to treat a husband. You got to learn first. And so Jesus taught them first. And notice this. It says this. The people were awestruck and overwhelmed by his teaching because he taught in a way that demonstrated God's authority, which was unlike the religious scholars. Now, Jesus comes to where? What's, what, what was the name of the city again? Capernaum. That word Capernaum means comfort. They, they went to a place of comfort. Now, m- many of us get comfortable in our lives. Come on, somebody. We, we get to places that we're comfortable in our relationships, comfortable educationally, comfortable business-wise, comfortable financially, comfortable in our walk with God. Well, I'm close enough to God, and we just get comfortable. And whenever you just get comfortable, you get in that place. Now, as I've gotten older, I value comfort. I'm telling you, when I was young, I could, you know, we would, I would go on a road trip. I'd drive in my little Toyota truck pull over on the side of the road, r- roll out my sleeping bag, lay in the bed of the truck next to a river. I, I could do that kind of stuff. Use a bush in the morning. That, that was just all about just, I-, I-, I could do that. As I've gotten older, before I go anywhere, I want to fly first class. I want to be comfortable in that seat. I want to make sure that someone's, ta- I'm, I'm on the plane first. I want to make sure that where I'm, wherever I'm going, I got a suite when I'm waiting there. When I get there, I want to make sure that I- I'm sitting, don't look at me like that. I've earned it. And wherever I go, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable when I get there. But comfort is dangerous in life. Comfort's great on vacation, but not in life. Because it'll steal your passion from moving on and driving forward. What am I telling you this morning? Jesus goes to their place of comfort, and he goes to the, where does he go? He goes to church. He comes straight to church and he teaches. In a, you would think that the church is the last place Jesus needed to be. But where does he go? He goes to church to deal with the people that think they're learning when they're really not. He's going to correct some things, misconceptions about who he is. And the people are blown away as he teaches because they've never heard such teaching with authority. We need the church to start having authority once again. we got to start demonstrating the love, the power, the glory, and who God is once again in the church. Come on, say it again, Pastor. If we can't show the presence of God and the power of God here in the church, where are we going to show it at? Jesus comes in, and what's a trip is that they notice the people are sitting there and like, man, there's something different about the way this guy's speaking. And it's doing something to their heart. It's moving them. It's agitating them. Look at verse 23. It says, suddenly, someone say suddenly. During the meeting, a demon-possessed man screamed out. Some of y'all would freak out if someone did that right now. A demon-possessed man screamed out, Hey, leave us alone. Jesus, the, 
the victorious. I know who you are. You're God's holy one, and you've come to destroy us. Uh, you got to capture the picture here. They're in church. Jesus is teaching. And this demon has been coming to church every week. Brother has his Bible, taking notes, maybe even enjoying the worship, tapping his foot. Hi, sweetheart. How you doing? Even saying hi to the little kids. That demon was comfortable in church. And no one challenged him. He was so comfortable in church that every time the pastor taught, it didn't mess him up. He was comfortable there. The enemy's comfortable when religion is around. He can make himself at home where there's religion. See, I can say the enemy, Satan's all right with you coming to church. He's all right with you coming and hearing the message. What he doesn't want to happen is when you have an encounter with God. Because as long as he can keep you religious, he can keep you out of a relationship with God and think that you're doing the right thing. But as Jesus begins to teach, that demon-possessed dude, is get, he's going through changes. Now, now my, my question to you is this. That demon, when's the last time he's seen Jesus? Where's that, Pastor Ray? In heaven. Because what's a demon? Fallen angel. What were angels created for? To worship God. Now, follow me on this, all right? Last place this dude has come in contact with Jesus was in heaven as he's worshiping God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's worshiping. Now, he's sitting on earth in church. Jesus comes walking in. He's like, Don't recognize the face, but recognize the presence. There's something, something wrong here. I ain't felt this thousands of years. This is, and finally he can't stand it no more. And he gets up in the middle of church and he yells, "Hey, leave us alone! Jesus just came teaching." Oh, dang, girl. Don't jump up and... It's okay. She's taking care of the baby. Don't trip. Some of y'all just freaked out right now. Oh, God. They're manifesting. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Her timing was perfect. Pull me back. I gotta pull myself back into this. And he jumps up and he 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 can't handle it anymore. Why? Because the last time this this demon has seen God was when he was in heaven. 
When Jesus walks in, the body of Jesus can't cover the glory that it was inside who Jesus was. And so as he begins to speak, he begins to recognize. I don't recognize the voice, but I do recognize the presence. And what he's saying is doing something to me to the point where he, he recognizes you've come to destroy us. I want you to know John, 1 John chapter 3 verse 8 says, For this reason the Son of, the Son of God appeared to destroy the works of the devil. See, the, the demon can't hide out any longer as Jesus is there. The presence of God shows up. And notice what he says. He says, Jesus, you are victorious. I know who you are. You are God's holy one. What does that sound like? Sounds like worship. What, what were the angels created for? So when the presence of God shows up, what happens? He goes back to his original design. <laughs> this demon... That for thousands of years has been operating as part of hell. The moment the presence of God shows up, he gets around the presence and he goes back to his original design. And he begins to cry out the praise of God. In fact, if you look throughout the whole New Testament, every time Jesus came up and a demon was there, the demon stopped and began to acknowledge who Jesus was. And he began to Praise, what's praise? It's declaring who God is. He didn't bring out musical instruments. He just declared who God was. And what he was saying literally was this. The demon was literally just saying this. I know your purpose. You know what's sad is that sometimes Satan knows your purpose more than you do. This demon knew Jesus' purpose. Notice at verse, verse 25, I'm almost done. Worship team, if you would help me. Jesus rebuked him and said, silence. You are bound, come out of him. Now, now notice this. I, I want you to capture this. If you're trying to prove to people who you are, say you're Jesus, and you're in a group of people that may struggle with who you are, and a demon stands up and starts acknowledging who you are, I'd be like, see? Tell them more. Who am I? Just go ahead. Go ahead. For all you doubters. But that's not what Jesus does. God ain't hard up for worship. He says, if you're not serving me, I don't want you praising me. So shut up. Be silent. But I know who you, I don't care. Be quiet. I don't need someone that's not following me to declare who I am. See, there's a principle that, it's a weird way to show this principle, but purpose is your original design. It's what you were created for. And so, what Dr. Miles Monroe says this, where purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. Where you don't know the purpose of something, you will abuse it. That's why, if listen, young lady, you want to get married, but you don't know the purpose of a husband, you're going to abuse him. 
If you don't know the purpose of money, you're going to abuse it. If you don't know the purpose of alcohol, you're going to abuse it. You don't know the purpose of a drug, you're going to abuse it. When you don't know the purpose of something, you're going to abuse it. Likewise, when you don't know your own purpose, you'll abuse yourself. Young lady, you got to understand how valuable you are. Don't ever let a man put his hands on you. Oh, you can clap right there. That's a good time to clap. You got to understand your worth, your value. Because when you don't know your purpose, abuse is inevitable. You're going to abuse something. That's why you got to know your purpose. I just want to speak to you right now. I, I, I want to call something out of you. I want to prophesy over your hearts right now that too many of you are living as Clark Kent when you were created to be Superman. You're hiding your greatness. You're hiding out your design. God fashioned you, put you together to shine, to rock, to take it, to, to change atmospheres. The moment they, this demon got into the presence of God, he came back to what he was created for. When you and I get back into the presence of God, what you were designed for comes back. Your original intent, your purpose, and you're able to operate. Some of you are successful right now. Listen to me. You might have made some money, but I want you to understand that like a fish out of water, until you get back into the presence of God, you'll never know how great you really can be. It's what God created you for. God never intended you to be any less than great. In fact, when the disciples argued who was going to be the greatest among them, Jesus never rebuked them for wanting to be great. In fact, he told them how to be great. He that wants to be greatest, become a servant to all. It goes totally against our mindset. See, life isn't about age. Life is about purpose. It's not about retiring, getting old and retiring. It's a, when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. What he was saying is, I accomplished my purpose. See, when I die, I don't want to die old. I want to die done. I want to accomplish my purpose. I want to make sure that I've accomplished the reason God placed me here on this earth. I don't want to just drive a nice car, live in a nice house while missing out on my purpose. Every one of you has a purpose. Every one of you, there's a need that only you can fill. There's a skill that only you have. There's a passion that only you have that we got to find it. You were created to thrive, not just survive. Get out of that place of comfort. Jesus shows up in Capernaum to wake them up. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. That was his purpose. Listen very closely. I'm going to say something that might mess with some of you as I close. Jesus didn't come to save you from hell. He came to save you to your purpose. It's bigger than hell and heaven. It's about right now. He's just not trying to keep you out of, he out of hell. He's trying to help you bring heaven to earth. And it's time to get your purpose back.
Find your purpose. Let's get our purpose. How, how do we find our purpose? When we get back to our environment, we get back to our purpose. Adam was formed out of the dust of the ground. And then what did God do to him, DJ? After he formed man out of the dust of the ground, what's God do? He breathes into him. Out of all creation, listen closely as I close. Out of all creation, God said, let it be, 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 let it be. But when it came to man, he formed man out of the dust of the ground. And then he blew his breath into him. You want to know your purpose? You were designed to carry the breath of God. Apart from God, you'll never find your purpose. You were, you, you were designed to carry the breath of God, not bitterness, not regret, not, 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 not uh, your past. You were created to carry the breath of God. The breath of God should flow through you. The breath of God should operate in you. The breath of God is what should come out of you. Whoever I come in contact with, I'm releasing the breath of God. Everyone I come in contact with, I'm releasing the breath of God. You were designed to carry the breath of God. If you're carrying anything else, you got to get back to your original purpose. That's why. Don't show up late to church. Why? Because it's worship that gets you into the presence of God. Stand to your feet with me right now. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. According to our pattern and personality. And let them have dominion. What's dominion? Authority, power, rulership. What's that mean? That means that God's granted you the ability to transform your environment. Not to reflect it, transform it. That means you can walk in to a place where people are arguing and you have the power to bring peace. That in the middle of our city of violence going on, we have the ability to bring grace. That where there's poverty, you have the ability to bring blessing. Shift mindsets. You've been designed to be great, Gerson. Fashioned by the mind of God to rock puts you together in times you think I've come too far I've messed up too many times but do you know that the promises of God have no shelf life the promises of God don't expire on your life doesn't matter how many times you've blown it in the past God's promise and destiny for your life is not over yet you ain't you ain't here you're not strong enough to get rid of God's promise on your life. You're not that good. God's promises, his intent, many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's God's plans that will endure to the end. 
Some of you are looking at what your mess ups. You got to forget your past and recognize God has a plan, a destiny, a design over every one of you. It's what you were fashioned for. You were created, put together bit by bit. God designed you, put you together. And He will take your failures, He will take your mess ups, and He will hardwire those things into your future. Because the very thing that held you down is going to become the very thing that you're going to help others get set free of. Come on, let's develop the presence. Prayer team, if you would come. Come on, just lift your hands. It's a sign of surrender. We're just going to surrender to God right now. There's only two times that you lift your hands. And that's when you have the answer or when someone pulls a gun on you. And what we're saying right now is we surrender God to you and we're telling the world we have the answer to all their problems. His name is Jesus. Come on, let's just develop an atmosphere right now. If you need prayer, these altars are open. We'll pray with you this morning. Life, like shooting stars burning up the night till heaven open and we rise in your presence Lord in your presence only a moment to live this life like shooting stars burning up the night till heaven's open we ride in your presence Lord in your presence let our voices rise oh creation cries singing out and Hallelujah from this oh join with heaven's song singing out in endless
nothing better There's nothing better Than this right now so much that he went through extreme lengths to reach out to you this morning you're here heads bowed and eyes closed and you don't have a relationship with God today but you want one I didn't ask if you went to church because going to church doesn't make you a Christian like going into your garage make you a car going to McDonald's make you a hamburger or going to a donut shop make you a cop going to church doesn't mean you have a relationship with God God wants to encounter you. He wants to show his presence in your life. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.